Welcome to Friendly Words, the sermon podcast of Pratt Friends Church in Pratt, Kansas. The Advent celebration you're about to hear was originally presented at Pratt Friends Church on Sunday, November 27, 2022. It focuses on the names of Jesus connected to the Christmas story. The message to all who will listen is, Jesus has the name which is above all names. Now, here is the service in its entirety. Let's stand together. You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. 
You made them rulers over the work of your hands, but you you put together, I'm sorry, you put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds and the animals of the wild, the birds of the sky and the fish in the sea, all that swims the paths of the sea. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Let's pause for a second now and think about the sun, which our God made and named. At a very young age, each of us learned that the warm yellow ball in the sky is named sun. We learned how to spell the word S-U-N. We drew simple pictures with orange and yellow and red crayons and the sun smiling down on us and our friends as we played on the playground. We added flowers to the landscape of our imagined perfect carefree world under the sun. As we grew older, we learned more about the properties of that giant ball of gas which gives light and warmth to the earth. We discovered facts about its size, its effects on the earth, on the oceans, on our own bodies. Our knowledge of the sun developed and expanded. S-U-N, the name meant more and more. Think about names for a second more. All things, birds, plants, bugs, planets, each of us have names. You are known by your name. When someone hears your name, Ray, Sheldon, Kathy, Scott, Yolanda. They have a picture of who you are, that you're, what you're like, how they know you. This is true even if you're not in the room as your name is spoken. Hopefully things that are said when you're not there are good. Meaning is, meaning is inherent in a name, giving identity to an object or a person. Names are, in a very real way, how we know things. Jesus is a man of many, many names. Some scholars say as many as 300. Those of you who have made your way through Henry Blackaby's book, Experiencing God, may recall the list of names at the back of the book. Names for God the Father, names for the Holy Spirit, names for Jesus. The long, long lists are there, are each drawn from titles given to each person of the Trinity, in one verse or another throughout the Bible. You know as well as I do that the meaning of Christmas, the celebration of Jesus' birth, has largely in our day gotten lost in a swirl of fairy tales and merchandising in Hallmark movies. The stunning miracle of God becoming a human has become trivialized with toys and tinsels, tinsel and trips to the mall. Jesus is given little thought. Rudolph and Santa get top billing. As we begin our joyful remembrance of Jesus' birth on this first Sunday of Advent, we're going to focus briefly on a few of the names of Jesus, his Christmas names. In learning these names of Christ, our understanding of him grows. We begin to know him as he is. Each name in turn will introduce us to a new and fascinating facet of Jesus' character which we can ponder. Getting to know a few of the names of Jesus this morning will be, I hope, the starting place for discovering the greatest treasure, and that is a relationship with the eternal God through faith in his Son, whom he sent in love to save us. Today we place Jesus' names on our tree here at church. As we do so, may the things of earth become less important. May our misplaced affections be righted. May our hearts be filled with great gladness in God's presence. May his names adorn not only this tree up front, but also your homes, and your lives. May we all give prominence to the one whose birth we celebrate on December 25th, the matchless Savior of the world, Jesus Christ.
Matthew 1, 20 and 21. Jesus is the first biblical name most children learn. It's short, easy to pronounce, and easy to remember. We sing, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Did you sing it in your head? Simple, yet full of profound truth. Why was this baby given the name Jesus? When Joseph learned that his fiancée Mary was pregnant, he was shocked. In their culture, an engagement was considered as binding as a marriage. And as his anxious mind tried to make sense of what seemed like terrible news, Joseph decided to do the most honorable thing by quietly divorcing her. The Bible tells us Joseph was a just man, a man who could have had Mary put to death for becoming pregnant before marriage. But instead, he decided to show compassion. But before Joseph could act on his thinking, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. The angel told Joseph that the baby in Mary's womb was not from another man, but was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Then the angel said, You shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. God himself named the baby in Bethlehem, and he sent the name by special delivery through an angel. Jesus is a form of the name Joshua. Do you know another Joshua in the Bible? Joshua led the people of Israel. He led them in battle and inspired them to keep believing that God would deliver them. In what ways was Jesus like Joshua? Or how was Joshua like Jesus? The name Jesus means God saves. He is our protector, our leader, and our savior. He is the name above all names, and one day when the name Jesus is spoken, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Let's stand again as we sing.
kind of shepherd do you need? The very first people who lived on earth were also the first ones to need a savior. Adam and Eve chose their own way over God's way and became forever trapped in bondage to a body that would die instead of living forever. You and I are their children, alive in bodies that are broken by sin and utterly unable to reach God's standard of holiness. But because God loves us, he sent Jesus to be our Savior, to rescue us from drowning in a lake of sin. As you hang the name Savior on your tree, think of the symbolism in the simple action. Give thanks that he came to save you and me and anyone who believes in his name.
shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel Matthew 1:23 The beginning moments of a baby's life are a mystery in many ways at first new life happens secretly silently in the darkness of a mother's womb then weeks later the discovery is made the truth of a new life already exists becomes known often accompanied by great joy. Only once was this normal human process changed, and because this conception defied the laws of nature, we call it a miracle. Incomprehensibly, the baby was not conceived between a man and a woman, but in a woman from the Holy Spirit, and not a married woman, but a maiden, a girl, perhaps as young as 13 or 14. Many of us know this story, but pause for a moment. Shake off the familiarity. Let yourself be awed by the multiple of wonders that surround this exceptional birth. It was 700 years plus a few when Isaiah first spoke of the Lord who was to come. We send out birth announcements after the arrival, but God declared this birth centuries ahead of time and his announcement, like ours, included the name, Emmanuel. God with us is the meaning of Emmanuel, with you, with me, not a God who is wandering the galaxies somewhere, but here, present, living with us. This was a stunning announcement. It still is. For anyone who hears the story and believes, life is altered. No one else has ever been born like this. Do you know him? Will you welcome him, Emmanuel, the miracle of Christmas? Will you sing, O come, O come, Emmanuel, as a prayer from your heart? What a mystery, God with us. shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Isaiah 9, 6 says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Wonderful. 
It means, of course, to be full of wonder. The natural response to something truly wonderful is to be speechless and barely able to move. It's kind of like if you visit the Grand Canyon and all you can do is stand there and just say, wow. Your eyes are wide open and wonder at the sight of something so majestic that any more than just wow, you just have no other words to fully describe what you're seeing. Think about it. Jesus is full of wonder, and he is our counselor. He is able to make wise plans for us, give us unequal advice, and to lead us in perfect safety along the rocky path of life. This child who was given is our wonderful counselor. Have you ever been perplexed in life? Unsure of what alternative is best when making a decision? Ever been discouraged, perhaps over relationships? Jesus is our wonderful counselor, and his advice can always be trusted. His guidance is unparalleled. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 8 through 9, Your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Before you ask him. Okay, ask him. Okay. Uh, pray then. Here's another wonder about Jesus. He knows what we need before we even ask. And because he is God, he knows before we even are aware of our own needs. Philippians 4, 19 says, And my God will supply every need of yours according to his, his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Is Jesus wonderful to you, the majestic one who is your counselor? The one whose grandeur makes the Grand Canyon look like nothing more than a crack in the ground. shall be called mighty God. Isaiah in chapter 9 prophesies a second name for this child to be born. Mighty God. In Hebrew, El Gibor. El for God. Singular for Elohim. Gibor means powerful, mighty, hero. we find that Jesus is all these things. In Genesis 1.1, we get a picture of mighty God. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. John, in the beginning of his gospel, says, in the beginning was God. Or in the beginning was the Word, and with the Word was God. 
and the Word, yeah, and the Word was God. So, we find that the same God that created by his might and power is the same God that John speaks of, Jesus. And this child, born in a manger, the almighty God, left his throne in heaven and came and dwelt among us. He took on human flesh, made himself vulnerable. He became as one of us. And yet, in his meekness, was the mightiest person ever born into this world. Mighty God, Jesus. Born by the virgin's womb, laying in a manger, overshadowed by a cross. And this child would grow up to be a man. He would die on the cross, but yet in his dying, he would show great strength. He would truly be our hero. Jesus, mighty God, would conquer sin and death. In the words of Paul, we say, in his dying and his resurrection, O oh, death, where is your victory? O oh, death, where is your strength? sting? Jesus died and rose again, conquering death, defeating sin, and has given us new life. Even now, we are being raised with him. By the strength and power of his might. Even now, we are being transformed into what we cannot even begin to hope or imagine. For he is mighty God. And by the strength of his power, we are being renewed each day. And because of this, we have assurance that in him we have refuge. He is our fortress. He is our place of refuge. He is our strength and our hope. He is mighty God, El Gibor. He is our hero. He is powerful, and he is mighty.
He shall be called Prince of Peace. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of government and of peace there will be no end. Isaiah 9, 6 through 7. Every human heart longs for peace without end, but it cannot be found on earth. No king has ever lived, even the most benevolent, who has ruled with perfect peace. All kings are human, flawed, and prone to error. But Jesus is named Prince of Peace. This name brings the great promise of a life without conflict. Only one who is divine, who is sinless, can rule with perfection. His name is Jesus. While we wait for his government on earth, we can still experience the peace Jesus offers. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. John 14:27. Later he added, In me you may have peace. John 16:33. Jesus knew he was leaving and his followers would feel abandoned and afraid. So he promised them much assurance of the much-needed peace. It is both remarkable and comforting that Jesus can dwell within our frail humanity by his Spirit. Even in our faults and failures, he can produce miraculous peace. Does he live within your heart? If he does, then no matter how difficult your circumstances, he can and he will give peace that passes all understanding if you will ask. One of the most loved hymns of the church, It Is Well With My Soul, was written by Horatio Spafford just months after all four of his daughters drowned when their ship sank in the Atlantic Ocean. His wife was saved when a plank of wood floated beneath her unconscious body. Keeping her from drowning, unimaginable grief must have overwhelmed Mr. Spafford. On the journey to meet his wife, he wrote these words near the place where the ship sank. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, thou hast taught me to say, it is well with my soul. How was that possible? Without the Prince of Peace, it is not. Only with Jesus can we say, it is well with my soul. May you know his peace this Christmas and forever. Christmas is the story of God's love. The perfect one came to us even though our sin separates us from him. He went to great lengths to live a flawless life and then to offer that life as a sacrifice for our sin. Because of that gift, you can be forgiven and welcomed into his family forever.
Will you accept his offer of salvation by asking him to forgive your sins and trusting him by faith to be your savior? If so, here is a suggested prayer. Lord Jesus, I need you. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I receive you as my Savior and Lord. Thank you for forgiving my sins and giving me eternal life. Make me the kind of person you want me to be. Amen. heard many of the names of Jesus today, and we recognize him again as the name above all names, Jesus, at which every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We're going to take just a few moments in expectant worship. We expect God to come and to speak to us and encourage us. As we do so, I want to encourage you to take some time to think about the names that we've heard today. Let me repeat them for you so you can remember them. Jesus, Savior, Christ the Lord, Emmanuel, God with us. He is the wonderful counselor, mighty God, the Prince of Peace. And his love for us is amazing. God's love for us in sending Jesus is amazing. So let's take a few moments in silence to respond to him and to worship him and to honor him in our hearts. God, we thank you that you're with us today. And we come before you as your children asking for what we need. So God, we pray for um, those who are grieving. We pray for the Routon family and the Fox family. And God, we pray that you would give them peace in your, their hearts. And uh, thank you that you're present with them. We pray for Greg's dad and for Nate and Mary, for Rhonda, Lucinda, Martha, Virgil, all those who are in need, God, who are healing from uh, sickness, who are healing from injuries, who are dealing with chronic pain. I pray, God, for your relief for them and that they would be at peace in your presence. We pray for Marvin and Pat, for John and Esther, and for all those who are living in nursing homes and in assisted living residences, and we pray, God, for your blessing on them and upon those who care for them. We pray also for Brad and Chelsea and David and Trish, and bless them as they work uh, in a country that's not their own. 
And I pray, God, for your blessing on them and their churches and the, the relationships that they have with others. God, we pray for the Luke 10 trips and for future missionaries and for your work in bringing about the completion of the goal that you've given us a vision for as evangelical friends. We pray, God, that you would raise up those who need to go to the five mission fields. And if you have more than five in mind, I pray, God, you'd give us the courage and the faith to go wherever it is that you send us. God, thank you for the work that you're doing in Pratt through the churches here as they worship together and work together and serve together. Thank you, God, for Youth Corps. And I pray, God, your blessing upon those who will be coming to share with us next week uh, in worship, that we would be encouraged by what you're doing. We thank you for the opportunity that we have to give toward that ministry and also toward the Hope Center and Circles and, God, for Celebrate Recovery that meets right here in our church. God, thank you for the work that you're doing in and through your church, and I pray, God, that you would send your workers out into the harvest field and that we would see a great harvest in Pratt, Kansas. We worship you and we adore you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand again together as we celebrate God's goodness. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Joyful and-
God, we thank you for your goodness to us, and we thank you that in this place we have lifted up the name of Jesus. May we go now from this place to proclaim his name wherever we find ourselves this week. Help us to be an encouragement to each other and help us to be a light in the world so that, they might, so that others might see our good deeds and praise and glorify our Father in heaven. Amen. You may be seated. We hope you have been encouraged and challenged by today's sermon. If you want to hear each week's message, be sure to subscribe to Friendly Words in your podcast app. May God bless you as you follow Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit.